0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition, a brand new episode of the Church is Now Online podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Scott. And we are doing things differently today, Scott. Um, when we first set out to do this, we uh, essentially realized we had a 30,000 square foot building that was not going to be inhabited (laughs) and we were just going to rearrange all the furniture and make ourselves a studio and wherever uh, we wanted yeah which turned out to be the student center and we took all the verge gear created a space created a tv set as you will (laughs) and um the next day the next day uh the plague hit my home uh and my son my littlest son who for legal reasons to provide his HIPAA uh, not violate the HIPAA clause. <laughs> I won't give you his name, but he's number three in the Jacobson family. Had a really high fever, and so uh, the doctors get this. The doctors would we we're pretty sure he's got the flu, right? But how do we know? We don't know, but we're sure he's got yeah. the flu. And um, so that we're telling the doctors online, like, can we come get him tested for the flu? And they're asking us all these questions. And um, <laughs> you know, we we've been around a lot of people lately, and um they wouldn't let us come get tested for the flu they said no you need to go to the hospital right now go through one of those drive-through testing lines and he needs to be checked for the coronavirus oh man and i was like what like that's like it's day two of work from home and my son's already got the coronavirus how is that possible but we did what the doctors asked us to do i mean obviously we want to be compliant and and we want to get the kids some help and so um I stayed home because I I don't do the medical stuff in my family. That's Kristen's. That's Kristen's. (laughs) Uh, I stayed home with the older two. She uh, buckled him up, put him in the car, took him to the drive-through in the parking lot of uh, St. Anthony's Hospital, uh, met up with some fully masked doctor or nurse or someone. And rolled the window down a little bit, slid some information into the no car. No way. And yeah. then went on this like really thin, bendy thing, just jammed it up the kid's nose.
1: Oh, I heard and, it's awful.
0: Well, the, he did awesome with it. The, no, no way. No, yeah, like a, a total trooper. I mean, he's he's like not even, I won't tell you his age because it's another HIPAA violation, but he's really young. And I would have thought, man, like he uh, <laughs> he's going to freak out. And he, he took it like a champ what a change. the biggest thing right now is um and his his fevers come down and it's kind of it's it's way less than it used to be so we're less on edge and i can talk about this a little bit more uh relaxed than i would have yesterday but the worst thing is they give you the sheet of paper and says your whole entire family needs to stay inside your home until you get the test results back but guess (laughs) how long the test results take i have no idea minimum of three days oh, the, the lady looked at Kristen and said honestly it's probably gonna be more like seven. Oh, geez so best case scenario dude doesn't have coronavirus but we've yeah. been inside for an entire week just yeah. trying to get life going i mean our house has never been more chaotic so uh, i can't imagine but listen when when we're not playing so uh when you got when you got medical professionals telling you do not put other people yeah. at risk uh, we're gonna stay inside. So it's been a lot of changes for us. Uh, Kristen and I, we um, we emptied out our living room. We moved some desks in there, built an e-learning center for for Elin and and uh, and for Miles and mommy school, right? Yeah, mommy school. And by the way, Bethany's tips from last episode. If you didn't if you didn't catch episode one, go back to the beginning and listen again. But uh, Bethany Irwin gave some incredible tips on how to make e-learning a success. And dude, yesterday we had an awesome day. Like oh, it was good had kind a of schedule going, helped her out. It was, it was fantastic. And uh, looking forward to tomorrow, but we, we like went all in on quarantine life at home. I got, uh, my Netflix subscription every time I'm, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not Netflixing right now.
1: Uh, but yeah, we're, we're doing the thing, man. We're doing it all. What's a, I mean, that's a, that's a unique situation that Maybe not a lot of us are in right now, but a lot of us probably will be in in the next few days, few weeks. Has it has it been hard, or is it a struggle to kind of think that I'm I'm stuck here and I can't leave? You know, uh, no. So it's only been like, uh, gosh,
0: uh, it's only been like 30 hours. So if I've if I've given up by now, everybody needs a better (laughs) pastor. You know, everybody needs someone who's a little tougher. Uh, I, I enjoy being home. What's really, you know, who's having the hardest time with it? is our dog our dog has absolutely no clue what is happening and dan your dog's got a lot of issues (laughs) Our dog dog does have a lot of issues but she forgets that i'm home like i'll stand up and she'll freak out she's not sure why we moved all the furniture around she's no idea Like you can't explain this this dog's 10 years old like there's a pandemic outside get over she can't figure it out so yeah it's been it's been a, a tough thing um I think uh, Kristen and I are just like we're gonna do. This is, this is our small part to play. If 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 it means that that we're out of commission for a little bit, you know.
1: Well, that's an uh, that's an act of of love. That's na- that's neighboring well, you know, to our to our community, by listening to and 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 um, enacting what our medical professionals tell us tell us to do. You know, they they know better than we do. That's right.
0: I always tell people I'm a pastor, not a doctor. I will take <laughs> my cues from. Uh, the medical community more often than not, but it's definitely been different. You know, I got Skyped into a city council meeting today. Um, Props to uh, one of our HP members who works uh, in the mayor's office got me in there and it was just interesting. And um, we're going to try and get the mayor on the podcast uh, in a couple of days. Hopefully you think we can do it. Hey,
1: I I hope so. That'd be awesome.
0: Hey, Mayor Brian, if you're listening, we want to talk to you. You got a lot of (laughs) important things to talk to uh, the, the Hobart community. And actually, what we found out, Scott, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast. Like hundreds of people.
1: Do you know that? I had heard you kind of uh, mentioned a few numbers, hadn't looked at them yet, but that's uh, that's really cool. Well, we're recording our second episode. Our
0: first episode went live literally 24 hours ago right now. And uh, we've had a couple hundred people already download it and listen to it. And so, Mayor Brian, uh, we, got a, we got a viable platform for you to be able to talk to... Uh, our people here, but um, yeah, we, we just want to be good neighbors. We want to be uh, doing what we can to make sure that uh, we're not making the situation worse. And hopefully, in, mm. in the coming days, uh, life life can return. I can, you know, we're we're doing this over Zoom right now, and I can see your office, and it's making me wish that I could be in my office. So, from that regard, <laughs> I guess yeah, it's I'm a little sorry. Tough. I didn't I didn't mean to dangle that carrot. I know. I know. How how dare you? So so you've had a really uh crazy couple of hours as well. Yeah. Everything's changing, you know. I here I am at home and uh we're doing this through online, but you've got you've got to figure out how to connect with students. And there's a bunch of students who are in middle school, high school who are um you know, they're under social distancing as well. Yeah. You know, I think in, in Genesis, when God said it's not good for a man to be alone. <laughs> I think the new international version adds it's not good for a man or a teenager to be alone. Amen. And, and <laughs> so uh, you but you've got a lot of really creative ideas for how to engage our students. What have you been up to, man? Let me share, share with us a little insights. Yeah.
1: yeah, we've been working really hard and and the plan has changed obviously day to day, but we kind of landed on at the end of the day, we want to still connect with our students. And so we're doing that in a number of different ways, utilizing a lot of our awesome crew leaders, which is which is fantastic. Um, but we still want to push content to them, not only entertaining but but uh, engaging, teaching as well. And so what our team kind of landed on is we wanted to drop um, almost like a, a a new YouTube show. So over the past two days, uh, we kind of figured out the the details yesterday. Shout out to Jamie Taves for. Shooting all, right. all these hopefully is going to be they're going to be fantastic but we we had i think 14 hours of shooting over the last two days 10 of them today uh just producing as much content as we can because we're pretty sure that we won't be able to uh to to be any closer than six feet to each other next in the next few weeks um so those are we got games and uh we actually just walked through the entire book of, of James in these kind of 14, 14 episodes, 14 shows, which was really encouraging. Talks about um, you know patience and suffering there in James uh, chapter four. Talk about using our tongue well, which is always a struggle when we're in tight quarters. So we really hope that, uh, that uh, this will be engaging for our students and that we can still help them take their next steps with Jesus during this time. That's so huge, man. And I think about, um,
0: you know, one of the one of the things I heard today is that, um, you know, sadly, uh, the police department at Hobart has been taking more domestic calls, right? Yeah. And and they yeah. um, they say, hey, when you put everybody back at home and people aren't used to getting along together, um, there's going to be friction. Yeah. And fortunately, as far as I can tell, the majority of those calls have been just annoyances. <laughs> um, but how great to connect with teenagers and say, hey, you know, this is what God's word says here's the situation you're in right now it's a trial and and even being able to monitor yourself and be able to help give a student the ability to um, watch themselves the health mm-hmm. they can bring and the you know they could be the instigating force of health into their family yeah so these
1: are youtube videos yeah we're hoping so they're going to be 15 to 20 minute 20 minute episodes we've got you know just some silly games on there and then uh, and then teaching as well and then we got um challenges for students so hopefully they can do them at home but you know i i I love what you just said talking about uh it just takes one person to be an instigator of change to be like a messenger of grace and mercy in the midst of a home we uh we just finished off a series at verge and one of the taglines we're talking about family and and difficulties in the family one of the taglines was uh you know we got a bunch of sinners in an anybody living space and uh and things go bad quick. So, you know, however we can be the, the hands and feet of Jesus in our homes and, and all it takes is, is kind of one person most Absolutely. Oftentimes.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um,
0: all right. Well, that's, that's an exciting thing. We look forward to seeing that drop. Where can people find those once they do?
1: Yeah, we got a new YouTube channel on the verge is the name of the show. And it's also gonna be dropping on our Facebook and, and Instagram. So uh, hopefully first episode will drop this Sunday. On the verge on the verge. Did you come up with that? <laughs> I did. We, uh, we brainstormed and that was chosen. So look at that. How about that? You know, uh, we got a lot of Facebook feedback on our own podcast here.
0: You know, church is now online is the name of the podcast, but there was, um, one of the longest threads on our Facebook groups, uh, page, you know, uh, Bethel church, Hobert Portage, if you're looking for our Facebook group, um, was, uh, Ben Fraley. Wanted to name this podcast, and uh, he decided that his theme was going to be John Mayer lyrics. <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't let him. Listen. <laughs> didn't let him. But the thread just went, you know, page after page you after did. page. Yeah, my favorite was just you know, say what you need to say. Um, thank
1: you, Ben but, Fraley. I yeah, love thank it. You.
0: <laughs> thank you, Ben. If if Ben wants to be a contributor to this podcast, I don't know what what do you think he would bring to it.
1: Ben would bring a fantastic attitude and I guess we could talk to him about working at AT&T. Does he still do that? I'm not sure. I don't know. We'll cut this part out. <laughs> uh, so before we uh, get to
0: our interview with Stacey, Scott, we got a couple of cool things that have happened. Um, we got, uh, I want to talk about two resources that are just being given away right now, totally for free. That'll help you stay sane in your home. Um, the first, do you know the guy Phil Vischer? Does that name ring a bell to you? It doesn't. How about Bob the Tomato? Uh, it does. Yeah. Like your child is <laughs> coming back. You can hear that, yeah. high, that high, whiny voice. Getting flashbacks. Um, yeah. So Phil Vischer is the creator of VeggieTales. So he came out with his own, like Netflix. Huh. Like, like his own Recently? Film, I know, or I think today. Huh. Um, and so I, Phil Vischer, V I S C H E R, if you just Google it, you'll come up with it. Um, But I heard that he's giving two weeks of free streaming for wow. everybody. And then if there's a coupon code that you can find on his blog, I think it's called like, we'll get through this is the coupon code. <laughs> he's going to give you another month free. So it's a, it's a cumulative like six weeks of free streaming. And what I love about it is his theology is really good. And he tells compelling stories to kids. And so my kids are always watching like, is the most uh, bizarre things on YouTube, nothing crazy, just, just like mindless. Yes. and uh, We found this out today and we thought, Hey, we got to share this with the church. Um, so I don't even know what the the streaming service is called. I just, wow, well done Phil. Yeah. But Phil Vischer hooked it up. Uh, you can get it for six weeks. The other thing which I'm super excited about, we posted this on our Facebook group, but the dwell app is they they gave Bethel church something like uh, 25,000 free accounts. Okay. Yeah we asked them we asked them for a few and they gave us 25,000 which is incredible. We've already oh, yeah. almost 100 of them. But uh what so the dwell app. Have you ever used the dwell app? I haven't. No, I've never heard of it. Okay, so it's um it's a it's a bible intake app. It's not a re- you don't read anything, right? It's not like when you and I take the bible in, we t- typically read it. It's um, audio Bibles, and it's read. The Bible is read by a bunch of different people. Uh, you've got Australian woman, a British man, uh, some uh, young millennial. Like, you've got all these different voices that you can, can I get choose. Dexter Harris to read mine? So Dexter, I think, is still working on it. That's probably stuck in uh, arbitration right now, but <laughs> soon, I hope. I mean, the guy, the guy, if you've ever seen Dexter on Facebook, it wouldn't surprise me that he also is an audiobook reader. <laughs> the dude puts out work. Um, but you can change the voices. And the really cool thing is if, if you're into like, you know, Middle Eastern music or like, uh, like spa music or guitar music or whatever, whatever you want the background to be, the idea is that it helps you, um, take intentional time every single day Hmm. to be able to take the Bible in. And because we're all kind of stuck at home, uh, the makers of dwell have decided to, um, Here's what they're trying to do. They're, they're hoping that we all forget that we signed up for the free account in 60 days. Yeah. And we're gonna pay for it. Super smart. But we're we're on to you, Dwell App. We're on to you, and we're gonna take your free 60 days, and we're all gonna use it, and then we're gonna cancel. All right. Um, but they've got um, they've got all these playlists that just weave together these uh, these different topical um, scriptures, mm. and you can listen to books of the Bible. And the the philosophy behind it is that the Bible was written not to be read but to be heard. Yeah. So it's like an it's to That's, be it's to be yeah. transmitted orally, and uh, it's, there's something about hearing the word of God that helps you dwell upon the meaning of, mm. of what God is trying to say to us. And so I found myself reading more articles than I've ever wanted to. The idea of of, of di- diving into the scriptures and reading some more. Could be daunting, I think, to some people. This just completely removes that obstacle, and uh, it's a really cool thing. So check it out. The link is online uh, on our Facebook page. You get it for free for sixty days. It's it's the Dwell app. You gonna check it out? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I want to report tomorrow to know how it goes.
1: Yeah, only if Dexter reads to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, anything uh, before we throw it to uh, our interview with Stacey? No, nah, just excited to hear from her. All right. Well, until next time, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, interview that we recorded with one of our own uh, medical professionals from the hp campus uh, and so next time we'll see you later Hey, I want to welcome to our podcast one of our very own uh, small group leader and uh, someone who is involved with our Med Pro on a Sunday morning. Although not a lot of Med Pro going on right now, that we've not been gathering as a church. Uh, I want to introduce Stacy, everybody. Stacy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Dan. Stacy, you uh, work at one of the largest—I don't want to brag, but one of the larger hospital systems in Northwest Indiana. Uh, You've got a job that requires you to be involved in a lot of different um, levels, uh, I'm sure, in the organization that you work with. And um, I couldn't think of anyone better to ask all of my questions about the coronavirus to than you, uh, knowing that this is not something that has um, gone undetected to your uh, organization. This has been on your mind for quite some time. Um, can I just ask you, and, and I don't know if this is privileged information, but when was the first time that you thought, man, the coronavirus could really have an impact on daily life? Do you remember yeah. that that thought?
2: Ah, uh, let's see. I I believe, uh, yeah, it was in I think early January. You know, when I was just hearing reports and and um, hearing the news from what was happening around uh, over in China, and we've had we had some employees that had traveled not to China, but I began to um, really start reading about it. And I began to, yeah, have a heightened sense of uh, what was going on and and, uh, the realization that this could really impact us. And so, yeah, I think it was in early January.
0: Yeah. Now, I understand, you know, this is a a podcast. This is not a, you know, doctor consultation. So you can't give us medical advice. But I'm curious if you can speak to what is it about this that is – maybe different than the flu or different than things in the past that just makes it um i don't i don't know what the word is is it worrisome or different or or at least catch our attention what what about this is is the concern
2: yeah well first of all let me say i couldn't give doctor advice because i'm not a doctor <laughs> yeah good good, good um but uh I, i'm a nurse a bachelor's prepared nurse with um a master's in uh, business healthcare administration but um, as far as um, the COVID-19, there's a lot of unknowns um, as far as the, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you've all heard on the, the news and the reports from the CDC, um, the, the mode, exact mode of transmission, the length of time that the bacteria or the virus can um, remain on the surface, just a lot of unknowns and, and uh, it's new. And uh, the novel, meaning new, covid uh, uh, that word comes from the, the, the way the the virus looks under the microscope, the little uh, appendages that hang off the the uh, uh, virus, uh, meaning crown. And so there's a um, it's a new virus, and um, although coronavirus is not new, uh, the common cold is a type of a coronavirus, but this is a new type of coronavirus.
0: Oh, interesting. So we've had coronavirus but, all this time.
2: Yes, yes. And so <laughs> people hear the you know yeah, yeah, but different types.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. So that's really, I mean, it's, it's really unknown. And I think as we've looked around and, um, you know, we see toilet paper flying off the shelves at supermarkets and Aldi not having potatoes or meat, it's really people acting out of fear of not knowing what's going to come and in the medical field. I, I guess it's, it's true. The same, uh, as well. Um, you know, you've got a really interesting perspective working in the hospital system here in Northwest Indiana, um, I just would love to ask you how are things going. I mean, I you know I see pictures on Facebook and I try not to believe everything I see on Facebook, but I've seen, you know, um, medical staffs are working 700 hours in a row, and you know nobody has food to eat, and it's just you know we'll never see our loved ones ever again, and I don't know. I, lo- I want to get inside the um, you know behind enemy lines so to speak, and just talk to someone from the inside and say how are things going.
2: Yeah, well, I think that um, I can only speak for my organization. You know, there's a lot of um, uh, planning and a lot of um, uh, uh, preparation that's going into this as far as um, different departments, all leaders, executive team coming together, um, just discussing the needs, discussing what we have in terms of supplies, what to expect. Um, you know, any potential, uh, patients under investigation, those sort of things. And a lot of preparation going into the what ifs, and that's hard to plan for the what ifs. So, um, but what I can tell you is that, um, uh, as an organization, as a provider in the organization, I, I, believe that, um, for me, uh, I'm very proud. I couldn't be more proud to be in this profession right now. And um, you know, I was thinking the other day. Whenever I was driving to work, I was thinking about that the movie Apollo 13 and the one scene where um, the the spacecraft was about to enter the re-enter the atmosphere. And you know, there in the command center, there was uh, uh, the media, a lot of people talking about you know everything that was wrong in the disaster. and This could be the worst disaster that nasa has ever experienced and and uh i believe it was ed harris that that made the comment that you know with all due respect sir i believe this could be our finest hour and you know i think about that as a as health care providers particularly christian healthcare providers you know this is an opportunity for us to um just um bring that sense of calm and you know those promises that we know and um to, you know, look for those open doors and to um, speak truth into the situation and just to kind of settle uh, the uneasiness and to calm the fears. And um, so I think that for the most part, what I'm seeing is a a lot of preparation and the anticipation. We're not there yet. Maybe some of the... the, uh, um, things that you're seeing on Facebook and the, you know, the, I don't, I don't believe we're, we're not anywhere near there yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really still at the stages of early cases, possibly calm before the storm. You know, is it fair to say, um, the, the medical industry is bracing itself? I mean, is that...
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I I think, you know, we're looking at what's been happening around the world and, you know, we would love to be on the other side of this and to say that, well, you know, we'd rather over prepare and, you know, there are real concerns of potential shortages when you, you know, you talk about the supplies running off the shelf. I think that, you know, every healthcare industry is um, thinking that same thing and, and trying to prepare for the future and and looking at volumes and what they have and um, trying to conserve, um, and it's all for the what ifs. And we're hoping that the majority of the people, the 85%, you know, the social distancing will help to, um, you know, kind of squash the curve and prevent the industry from being inundated with those um, critically ill people.
0: Yeah. Can you say more about that? Because I, I hear a lot of talk, you know, there's a, a couple great great um, medical staff uh, who attend our campus or the other Bethel campuses. And they keep talking about the curve, the curve, the curve. And there's this um, fear that if we don't participate in social distancing, uh, tell me tell me how the curve works. And then do you think that this is, um, and maybe not do you think it's working because that's an unfair question. I hope it's working. Um, I myself am in self-quarantine uh, for the next couple of days just practicing this encouragement, trying to be a model to our people to, you know, stay away from everyone else. Let's try and squash the curve. But how does it work? And um, what are the best ways for us to, to continue uh, that practice?
2: Well, you know, the the social distancing in, in terms of uh, the COVID-19 that the CDC recommends is, uh, you know, avoiding mass gatherings, avoiding, um, you know, they, they, did, they were saying uh, people of 10, uh, six feet distancing with anyone, um, and all of that is an attempt to decrease the spread of the disease, particularly with those people that are a high risk, and in doing so, um, and people staying in their homes, people um, avoiding contact with other people then will um, hopefully lessen the amount of people that are exposed all at one time and presenting to you know to requiring treatment in the healthcare system. So we hope it works. You know, if you look at uh, uh, you know the Spanish flu back in nineteen eighteen. You know, when some of the areas that practiced the, that type of distancing, um, it was shown to work. So I think the industry—that's what we're hoping that that we can kind of spread this out. <laughs> yeah. Not uh, be inundated all at
0: once. Yeah, a lot of the politics that are going on right now in the world tend to support that science and be aimed towards that idea. Um, You know, some people roll their eyes at this, some people are living in fear of it. You know, I think as Christians, we want to look beyond just the horizon of this earth and say, God's got us. Um, And if that means we don't gather as a church for a couple of weeks or a month or two or three, whatever it takes for us to be able to. help protect the vulnerable populations around us. We want to do that. Um, that's really the, the core of medicine, isn't it? Is to, to help those who um, are sick, who, who are vulnerable physically. Um, and I know part of what got a lot of the people in the medical field in your organization, you know, as nurses or administrators or doctors, you know, that what drew them to that field in the first place was this desire to help people. Have you? How have you seen, uh, you know, you just talked about this being a great moment for medical professionals. How have you seen uh, your, your team really rise to the occasion and certain people jumping in and helping out?
2: Yeah. Um, I think that the um, when the chips are down, uh, there's shortages in one area, willingness to be cross-trained, willingness to step up and, and step out of a comfort zone and be trained in another area. Um, we're seeing quite a bit of that we're seeing, um, you know, just, a overall willingness to step in and help wherever is needed. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, these are, these, these, these are unprecedented times, you know, this, we've not, never experienced anything quite like this. And, um, overall, uh, what I'm seeing is, um, uh, people that want to help people That's that awesome. want in any way that they can um, step in and and do what they can to make a difference to help in the situation.
0: What is it like if you, if you're able to tell us to the extent you're able to tell us, what is it like, um, to be a family member or to watch someone being treated for this, um, uh, for, for COVID? Um, it's, it's high isolation. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Right. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, the disease, um, you know, when you think of, uh, you know, cancer, you know, that's a, a, you know, could be a terminal illness when you think of, there's a lot of different diseases where family members, a lot of different instances where a family member, you know, loves on supports one through that. And um, I think that this is a bit different because um, um, to not, to, to date, we don't have um, treatment for it. We don't have a vaccine for it. And again, it goes to the unknown. And so there's that fear uh, is this it for me? Mm. Um, are symptoms going to, um, is this disease going to kill me? Mm. And, uh, you know, am I going to be one of those that succumb to respiratory failure and organ failure, or am I going to be one of the, you know, the, uh, 85% that have minimal, um, symptoms. And so I think that, um, for family members, uh, and, and I'm assuming for patients that, uh, would be diagnosed with it, all of that comes into play, and it's just a lot of questioning of the unknown.
0: Yeah, and that isolation, I think, is part of, you know, I, I, um, I'm i in my 30s, who knows if that helps me or not, I don't have any pre-existing conditions that I'm aware of, so, you know, I, by all accounts, I would hope I'm strong enough to take this on. I don't know, right, if the Lord's gonna call me home, I'm ready, but I think what you just said is that if you have cancer, your family loves you around you and is there with you. and it's heartbreaking to hear stories of people who um, are going through this without their family. and that, for me makes me even more cautious to love my neighbors outside you know my 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 neighborhood. I've got many elderly neighbors around me. You know, the three neighbors that touch my house are all over the age of 70 um i guess i live in a retirement community i guess i don't know uh but i care for them. i love these guys i'm staying away from them because it may not have hit, i may have it i may not have hit me um and the thought of them um de- dealing with a disease that their family can't love them through possibly being a terminal illness that that's a really tough thing hey what do you wish that people um outside the medical field knew about what's going on inside the medical field maybe just our last question here what what do you wish we knew
2: yeah, one um, one thing that I think it's important that the community is aware the the restrictions that healthcare organizations have put in place right now in terms of. Um, visitation restrictions, and you know, techie, checking temperatures when you um, enter a facility to go to a, phys- a doctor's appointment, those sort of things. All of these things are in place as recommendations by the by the CDC, and are meant to keep everyone safe. Um, and uh, that's been a challenge um, at all of our levels of, of entry. Um, we've we've uh, blocked off. Um, All of our levels of access to the hospital, except a few, and those doors are manned with someone taking temperatures and um, assessing uh, the individuals coming into the organization. But there's been a lot of pushback from the community uh, in terms of why can't I bring my child in? Um, Hmm. How can I can't have a visitor come with me um, up to my appointment? So you know we have instances where we're restricting absolutely no visitors. There instances where we will allow one visitor um, during a procedure. Those sort of things. But it's been a lot of pushback from the community for that. And and um, so I, you know if I could uh, suggest one area to pray for is that our community would understand the restrictions are in place to protect everyone. And um, I think that that would be important. Yeah. And something to about.
0: Patients, nurses, doctors, visitors. I mean, this this is not something that discriminates, right? And so we want to be cautious. What a great I had
2: my, my temperature checked when I came in through the door this morning, just like everyone else.
0: And they let you in. Good. Good. Yeah. So so we're all in it together, Stacey. We're grateful for you. We're praying for you, the medical community. We're grateful for the work that you do. We believe that uh, God is the great physician uh and yet he's given us uh the common grace of medicine to help us uh in our life and so we're just grateful for the amount of time energy resources risk that you take on behalf of our community and we just want to say thank you keep up the good work we're proud of you thank you all right we'll see you later Thanks for listening to the Church is Now Online podcast. For more resources from Bethel Church, head to Bethelweb.org, where you can stream services, give online, and find ways to impact our community. To connect with the HP campus, the best way to do that is on Facebook. Join our group by searching Bethel Bethelchurch-Hobertportage. If you enjoyed this content and want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you found this content. And it helps us if you rate and review. It just makes it easier for others to find us online. Churches Now Online is produced by the team at Bethel Hobert Portage, Christina Soderquist, Daniel Asher, Scott Irwin, and myself, Dan Jacobson. Thanks for listening to this episode. Until next time, this podcast is to be continued.